Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 85. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Brian Snedeker from Next Step Test Prep. Now, last week we started a series for Psych Soch. This week we're continuing that series with our second installment. So let's go ahead and dive right in. All right, Brian, last week we started our Psych program, our couple weeks of Psych, and I was two for two. So hopefully we can continue uh, with some good success this week with more Psych questions. Yeah, absolutely. And what we'll do today is we'll we'll transition a little bit. We'll start with one of our more bio-based psych questions and then move into two more kind of classical kind of psych, uh, psychology questions. Right. You want to lead us off with uh, question number 10 here? Yeah, so question 10. Again, this is session 85 of the MCAT podcast. So you can get the, this handout and follow along with us at the MCATpodcast.com slash 85. Question 10 says, all of the following statements regarding the visual pathway are true except... A, the temporal fibers do not cross paths. B, at least some of the optical fibers do cross paths. C, at the optic chiasm, it is the nasal optic fibers that cross to opposite hemispheres. Or D, visual information does not travel through the parietal lobe. So, all of it is true except... I hate these except ones. So the temporal fibers do not cross paths. Okay. So temporal fibers, I'm assuming they mean the outside ones Mm -hmm. do not cross paths. And I think that is true. Mm -hmm. B, at least some of the optical fibers do cross paths. And that is true. Mm -hmm. C, at the optic chiasm, it is the nasal optical fibers that cross to opposite hemispheres. And I'm going to say that is true again. So that leaves Mm -hmm. me with D as being the the one that's wrong. Uh, Is the one that is correct. The one that's correct here. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. So three for three on our psych series so far, Ryan. Nice. Um, Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that you can kind of see where the trick is in this question because, you know, you could walk into the test having remembered that um, the occipital lobe is where all the visual information is processed. And so if you're reading a little fast in D and you saw the word not and you saw the word parietal, you might go, well, that's true. Um, but of course, the optic paths have to get to the occipital lobe, and they traverse the parietal lobes as they get there. Um, so, in fact, they do travel through the parietal lobe. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, okay, let's go to our second question. An eight-year-old child has recently developed the ability to understand the perspectives of her family members. According to Piaget, which stage has she entered? A, concrete operational. B, formal operational. C, pre-operational. D, sensory motor. Okay, so... Piaget's stages. You want to hazard a guess on this one, Ryan? I would not like to hazard a guess, other than it's <laughs> not sensory motor. Right, because sensory motor is <laughs> not that. <laughs> right, is is babies, right? Yeah. Sensory motor is uh, zero to about two, roughly. Yeah. Um, and so that's where the kids are developing object permanence, you know, understanding that what they see in the world stays there even when their eyes are shut. So the, the sensor motor stage is just babies. And, and in fact, the thing in the question about has developed the ability to understand the perspective of her family members is a little bit of additional information, but um, theoretically is not absolutely required because they told you that um, the child is eight years old and eight falls smack dab into the concrete operational stage. Concrete operations is roughly seven to 11. Um, so pre-adolescent or school child age. Um, so just the fact that the child is eight years old alone would tell you that it's choice A, concrete operational. Formal operations is um, teenagers on up, right? So 12 or 13 on up from there. And that's the last of Piaget's stages. And would, then, um, yeah. Would they ever trick you? So I, I hate using the word trick, but mm -hmm. you, you said that the extra thing about ability to understand the perspectives is kind of extra information that maybe you don't know. But what if they said this was a six-year-old who has developed this ability? Mm -hmm. Would they ever throw in awkward ages, but more advanced? Um, um, so theoretically, they could... But like you said, you, you hate to use the word trick because they're not out to trick you, right? So if they were going to give you, um, you know, what we might call an unusual presentation in the clinic, right? Oh, it's an unusual presentation of the illness. Mm -hmm. um, they would make a point of calling it out, right? The question might say something like, despite being eight years old, the child is still unable to understand that other people have other perspectives, this tells us that the child is stuck in which of the following stages, mm -hmm. right? So, so it would be real deliberate um, because, again, they're not out to go, aha, gotcha. Uh, so in this case, an eight-year-old is concrete operational. Formal operational is 12, 12 and 13 on up. Pre-operational is your um, preschool, you know, uh, to toddlers and preschools, you know, three to six, roughly. Uh, and sensory motor, like we said, that's that's babies and early toddlers. Yeah. Okay. All right, so question two is the third question on here. Which of the following demonstrates the use of crystallized intelligence? A, an 18-year-old man visits France for the first time, buys a map at a local store, and uses it to navigate Paris. B, a doctor sees a patient with a variety of strange symptoms. Using logic and deductive reasoning, he accurately diagnoses her with a very rare disease. C, a toddler learns to walk after falling down during her first several attempts. Or D, an experienced accountant fills out several financial statements over the course of an hour. Crystallized intelligence. 
So it's it's funny. So I'm going to just wing this one here. Chris, mm-hmm. Crystallized in my mind means like you have knowledge ingrained in your head. That's what mm-hmm. it just that's what it sounds like to me. I've never I don't remember this from anything. And so if if I were a pre-med taking the test, that's this is how I would think about it. Crystallized intelligence means it's something that that I know I don't need a map. So crystallized to me isn't using a map to navigate. Um, crystallized to me would be the doctor using logic and deductive reasoning because they've built up that intelligence over time and it's crystallized in their brain. Mm-hmm. That's how I would answer it and go. I'd go with B. Sure. Okay. So you got some real good reasoning, but B is not the right answer. <laughs> um, so you're right in a sense. The, the contrast that the MCAT wants you to know here is fluid intelligence versus crystallized intelligence. Uh, let's start with crystallized, what you had said. That's something that's fixed. You think of like a crystalline lattice structure in chemistry. It's solid, it's rigid, it's held in place. And so crystallized intelligence is something you have learned to do over a long period of time and is applying your previously learned knowledge. Um, So not a new situation, not anything novel, not anything weird, something you're really, really good at doing. Uh, And in this case, if we look at the answer choices, uh, answer choice A says an 18-year-old man visits France for for the first time. So it's not the using a map so much because if you were a professional map reader, you might have crystallized map reading (laughs) intelligence. But again, they're not out to trick you, right? They put these clues in there. They use the phrase for the first time. So that tells you this is a person who is in a weird, new, novel situation and is using their fluid intelligence, their flexible intelligence to solve a new problem. Get around Paris. I've never been here before. Um, The doctor is the same way. Strange symptoms. Oh, this isn't something I've seen before. Um, Using logic to diagnose a very rare disease. So the idea here is that the, the doctor is using their fluid intelligence to adapt to this novel situation and figure out what's going on. And then the child, a toddler learns how to, um, learning how to walk after falling for her first several attempts. Notice that word first there. It's just like first time in answer choice A. So A, B, and C are all fluid intelligence, being flexible to a new kind of learning. Mm-hmm. Whereas D, an, an experienced accountant. Again, notice that word, experienced. That tells you, okay, this is somebody's done this a million times before. They're highly intelligent at it. They have this very fixed, very rigid sort of intelligence to fill out these financial statements. So there's nothing novel. It doesn't require any kind of fluidity or flexibility. It's just applying already learned knowledge to these forms. All right. The accountant wins again. There you go. It's it's all money in the end. There you go. All right. There you have it. Again, more Psych Soch coming at you this week and again next week and the week after. We'll have a four-part series for psych social. When I talk to students for advising, always, always, always when I talk to them about the MCAT, now I, I don't advise them on the MCAT, when I talk to them about advising for their applications and stuff, they always tell me when we're talking about the MCAT that psych social always seems to get them. There are those students out there that just click with psych social, but a lot of them don't. And so hopefully these four episodes will help you solidify some understanding, at least for the topics that we cover here on the podcast. Don't forget that Next Step Test Prep has an MCATS course. Now, I've done a full review of that course on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com, search for Next Step MCAT course, 
Uh, I think I'm the first one that pops up there last time I looked. Go check out that review. It's an amazing course with over 100 hours of videos, 10 live office hours every week where you can actually ask questions to a tutor. You get all of their full-length exams, all of the AAMC material, and so much more. Go check it out at nextstepmcat.com, and don't forget to check out the review that I did on YouTube, and you can save some money on the course by using the promo code MCATPOD. That's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast, where we'll dive into number three of a psych Soch.